We're going live now. Okay. Welcome to Season of Change. Not, not quite yet. Let's see. Now. Welcome to Season of Change, transforming your life through the power and the word of God. And I, I remain your host, Evangelist Jeremiah Joseph. This is another episode with our guests from United States of America, Maryland, tonight. And we, our name is Dr. Maria Rosemary Do Doa. Dr. Rosemary Doa. She's a psychology. She's a child psychology psychologist. She's an author, and she has authored two books. One is the High Calling of Forgiveness, and the other one is the COVID nineteen test, Church or God. And we have her tonight, and we'll be discussing on the topic that on tonight's discussion that we have here on tonight's discussion, the impact that the COVID-19 shutdown has had on the body of Christ. The impact of COVID-19 shutdown on the body of Christ. Can you introduce yourself, my guest from United States of America? Certainly. My name is uh, Rosemary Downer, Dr. Downer. And as mentioned, I have a doctorate degree in child psychology. Um, I live in Maryland, and I first thing I want to say about myself is that I truly love the Lord. Um, my goal is to make him, continuously make him the Lord and master of my life, that everything I do is totally dedicated to him. I oh, served yes. in the federal government as a social science researcher for 20 years and as an adjunct uh, for, for professor for 24 years. I retired from both positions and now I'm doing something that I extremely enjoy doing, that is to write nonfiction Christian books. I believe that in writing, you put what the Lord is, I can get to put what the Lord is telling me in permanent record and be able to extend the ministry that Father has given me by writing these nonfiction books. And so, as you mentioned, the two latest ones I have are the one on forgiveness and the one on the impact of the COVID-19 shutdown on believers. Thank you very much. I want to say you are welcome again to this platform, Season of Change, Transforming Your Life Through the Power in the Word of God. Uh, tonight, we'll have some questions, some lineup questions that we'll be discussing tonight and our guests will be responding to many of it. I urge all our listeners and audience to listen very careful so that we can learn more about the sickness or diseases or disease that is ravaging the whole world now at this very time, killing so many, taking many lives, shutting down businesses, and it's really affecting the body of Christ, most especially. And I want us to learn very well from what our guest Rosemary will be sharing with us tonight. Rosemary, uh, here are the number one question for you. Mm -hmm. First of all, I found the topic very interesting and very great. And why do you choose this topic for your book? Or why do you decide to write on this topic? 
Actually, um, I, I wouldn't say it's a topic that I chose. This is one of the projects that I've worked on that I know that the Lord gave me. I was in devotion one morning and I heard the words clearly, church or God. And I knew that it, it related to COVID-19. And at first I titled the book, Simply Church or God. And as I was writing it, I was talking about the impact of the shutdown on believers so much that I thought I would add the words, the COVID-19 test. Um, apparently that title is being misunderstood a bit. So I got some feedback this week that it may make sense to retitle it, Church or God, the real COVID-19 test, but that is to, to be decided on. So my main reason for writing the book was it was an, an inspiration from the Lord. Even the cover design, the cover design we have now is the, is the fourth iteration of the design. Again, after trying three times and failed at coming up with a cover that was, you know, depict the title of the book properly. And I was in prayer again one morning and I saw this silhouette of this person kneeling down with both hands raised and a straight line come down that person, back of that person's body. So the design came from father as well. I got into writing the book because I think um, as I was writing it I, and I saw where it was taking me, the importance of staying focused on his face and not allowing circumstances to take our attention from him. That's really the thrust of the book. Where were we before the shutdown? Where were we during the shutdown? And where are we after the shutdown? And I think we'll get, get some more into that. Okay, thank you very much. That was a great one. I want to ask you, uh, you've had a bit the number two questions to what you've said, and I will not be touching that again, but I will move to number three of it. And the number three of the question is this, what do you want the buyer of the book or whosoever that come across this book to gain? Or for what benefits, of what benefit will it be to those that will read this book or those that will buy it? Mm -hmm. I think, um... A more suitable, others can read it too, but I think a more suitable audience for this book are believers. So I want readers, let's say the reader is a believer, is a Christian. I want us to understand that walking with the Lord is about relationship. It's yes. not about church life. It's not about yeah. ministry. It's not about what we've made of the church. It's not the it's not the choir. You don't even have a lot of choirs anymore. But it's not praise and worship. It's not the music. It's not the hype and preaching. It's not the mm -hmm. gathering. It's not feeding off of each other. It's about relationship. And I believe the shutdown tested us in a great way. Can we thrive spiritually when we're removed from those things, when we're removed from the microphones, when we're removed from the, the music and the screaming and the mic preaching? Can we thrive when we can't go in person to a, to a prayer meeting? So I want readers to understand that our walk with the Lord is solely about a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. And Father wants us to love him, serve him, and remove all the idols from our lives. In the book, I talk about idols under disguise. We're so blessed today and so affluent today that we have gods that we have created that are good and don't realize that they've surpassed where we place God in our lives. So two main things, you know, 
this walk is about relationship first and foremost and we must make sure that he's always placed at the highest place that he's not challenged he's not replaced by even good things not even best things he is superior and we must keep him in this superior place in our lives thank you very much thank you very much that is a great answer to the question and you talk about relationship with god and you know the bible has already made it uh, marked it out that in the end time, perilous time shall come, the love of many shall wax cold. What impact do you think that this thing, uh, this COVID-19 is contributing to that scripture in the book of Timothy? First of all, I think that COVID-19 has put fear in people, believers and unbelievers alike. You have believers now that are literally walking in fear because of COVID-19. Um, Matthew 24, Jesus answered the disciples' question when they asked, what shall be the sign of thy coming? And he went into detail describing a number of things that will be seen. After he got through describing those lists of things, he was careful to say that these are birth pains. This is just the beginning of things. These are birth pains. I believe that we're going to see some strange things happen on this earth before he returns. And I believe that we're not even, we're just at the beginning. So if COVID-19 is a part of that, we're just at the beginning of the birth pains. We're just at the beginning of the crazy weather. We're just at the beginning of pandemics and, and economic distress. We haven't even seen economic distresses yet. So when you go into labor, which I have never done, but when a woman goes into labor, it takes time. It takes a while before that baby comes. We are just beginning to see birth pains. And if we are panicking, if we're walking in fear, if we're hiding now, what are we going to do when the real labor pains, when the cervix begin to open up for the baby to come? What are we going to do as the body of Christ? That's why this relationship matters so much. So whether you can go to church or not, you still can have God. You still can have encounters. You still can be lifted up in the spirit, whether you can go into a building or not. Because yes. Yes. That's great. Thank you very much. But I want to ask another question. Mm -hmm. You talked about putting fear in the minds or in the hearts of the believers and then on non-believers. Now we are talking about the believers based on the, this platform and mm -hmm. this program, the topic mm -hmm. of the program. Uh, you know, majorly what we're seeing today, people no longer go to church. Mm -hmm. Even the government don't encourage people to gather. Mm -hmm. Even more of it in the Western world. Mm -hmm. But here in Nigeria, we know there are restrictions, has limits to the church. We still have privilege to gather. But there in the Western world, a lot of government policy discouraging people from gathering. What do you think if people disobey the policies and gathered? What do you think will happen? If people disobey the policies of their land? Yes. Of where they live? Well, you know, as believers, yes. we, we should be people of integrity. And scripture okay. tells us that we should obey those that have the rule over us. That includes our government. Okay, so we are to obey them even if the rules is hindering us from serving God. Are we to obey them? That's, that's, that's a tricky question. 
The only time I believe it is okay to disobey the rule over us if it's if it's contrary to the word of God. If it's contrary, if it's gonna make you disobey the word, you have a right because you will obey God rather than man. If the mandate from the government does not contradict the word of God, we should obey. Um, I think the misconception is that if we don't have church as usual, we're going to die, which is the thrust of this book. COVID-19 came to test. (laughs) What's keeping us alive spiritually? Is it church or is it him? Is it his Holy Spirit or is it church? And many believers have withered up, have withdrawn, have lost interest, have stopped going to church. They may zoom in, but they're disconnected from the service. The, the camera's turned off because they can't go in the building. The question then is, what was keeping them alive? Was it God? Was it the Holy Spirit? Or was it the church? Was it church service? That's the pivotal question. Okay, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for answering that questions. But I still want to have another question to read. Absolutely. So many people, you know, the coming together of the Christians, of the people to the church, encourage them, every one of us, to grow, even Absolutely. to in serving and in worshiping God. Mm-hmm. But when the coming together is not there, you don't think that it's having great effects. It's one of the great effects that COVID-19 has caused or harm to the church? Absolutely, that's why we're told in Hebrews not to neglect the assembling of the saints. We're told yes. that, right? Okay, so there is a balance there. We, can't, we should not neglect the assembling of the saints, but if for this season, if for this season we're limited, we have platforms such as this, we have other platforms that if you are devoted, when you log into your Zoom service meeting, you have your camera on and you are engaged, you can be fed spiritually almost just the same. No, after service, you won't be able to go down into the fellowship hall and have a big meal and laugh and talk. No, you won't be able to do that. No, you won't be able to physically hug your brethren for a few months. No, you won't be able to do that. But will can you be fed spiritually, virtually? Absolutely, you can. So I think... I think really the, the push against this, this requirement or this request based on where you live or this mandate based on where you live to not congregate in huge numbers in a building makes one wonder what's the re- real underlying reason for this? Why are pastors pushing against this so much? Why are some members pushing against this so much? Why can't some people see that there's richness another way? And I'm not saying don't go to church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, what's the foundational reason for this? And yes, it can affect people, especially our elderly saints that don't know, can't log on into, uh, don't know internet and don't know um, social media and things like that. It can definitely affect those individuals. But we have to understand that we can also be fed spiritually by other means. Can I, can I just say one more thing? Um, if you go back, if you go back in the beginning of times from the early church, they didn't have huge sanctuaries. They didn't have, they were meeting house to house. 
They were meeting in small groups, fellowshipping what with one another, house to house, and breaking bread afterwards. And they thrived spiritually. They didn't have the, the instruments and the drums and the lights and the microphones and the speaker system and the fancy praise and worship. They didn't have that, but they thrived. Maybe Father's testing us. <laughs> Can we be fed outside of what we have made the church to be? Okay, thank you. Very much. And I want to pick a questions from what you're saying. I'll pick two questions. You talked about the Holy Church and you talked about the Zoom meeting for the church is available on another platform. But I want to ask you these questions. I don't know of your side, the Western countries. I don't mm -hmm. know much, much about that because I've not traveled out of the beyond, is beyond the shore of my country. But I want to give instance based on what is my country and the continent, the African continent where mm -hmm. I am. You know, here we are people that are unable to afford buying data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are people that are has less knowledge about the Zoom. We have people that uh, don't even know what social media is. Mm -hmm. We have them painted in our society, in our country here. Yeah. And what do you think about those people? Don't you think that yeah. gradually we are losing it as the body of Christ? That's a good question. So, so I'm speaking from a perspective where we have so much to choose from, right? We have fancy phones, we have internet in our homes, even though there are parts of the United States that don't have that. When COVID-19 um, came on the scene, and as I watched the news and they talked about children um, learning from home and how many communities in the United States don't have internet, I was literally shocked. I didn't know that there were so many communities and neighborhoods and cities and um, you know clusters of people that don't have internet. So we do have that here to some degree, but probably not to the extent that you have where you're living. So that's a really good question. So if this continues for a prolonged period of time and people can't congregate in a church, if the government puts that in place, I believe that an, alt an alternative to that is you can have small home gatherings. Again, if the government does not break the law of God, doesn't, is, not, is not mandating that you disobey the word of God, we should be in obedience to them. So an alternative to that, instead of 100 people or 50 people or 500 people gathering in a building in where you live, smaller groups of individuals can gather and have the same enrichment. As a matter of fact, there's so much richness in small group gathering. And yeah. that could be very well what Father's trying to tell us, you know, what we've made of the church. We can get so much from small group, get small group prayer meetings, small group Bible studies, small group book clubs. So an alternative to where you are from going into in the church could be small house, house gatherings, house to house, small group gatherings. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> You talked about the Holy Church, and I want to ask you these questions. The Holy Church and the Church of this century, what are the difference? Uh, what so is the, the early difference? church and what? I'm sorry? And the Church 
in the 21st century? What is the difference between the early church and the church of the 21st century? There are a lot of differences. There are a lot of differences. How do I... Um, I messed up. I really messed up. I really messed up. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of differences. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I, I, that threw me off. Um, a lot of differences. So one of the thing is, one, one difference is we have, today we have massive church gatherings. I don't believe in the early church that was the case. I don't believe in the early church that was the case. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there were gatherings in smaller settings, house gatherings. They gathered and they broke bread. That's one thing. And I believe, I'm not against large churches, um, I believe that we have made the church institute such an industry that in a lot of ways, the church has lost the church. That's one difference between the first church and now. Um, I also believe that another difference is in the early church, and I'll just touch on these two things. Another difference with the early church is the degree to which we saw or the early church experienced the supernatural. Um, where I am sitting, I can't speak for the church universal. I can speak from where I am experiencing the church. I don't see and experience the supernatural to the degree that the early church did. So that may be two main differences that I can point out. Okay, no problem. Thank you very much for that. Oh, let me just, let me ask you this question so that we'll move forward. Do, do you, uh, what do you think about the COVID-19 pandemic? Is this pandemic one of the strategies of the Antichrist against the church? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think COVID-19 has anything whatsoever to do with the Antichrist. I believe personally, and from my studies, let me stop saying personally, from what I understand from scriptures, when the Antichrist shows up, there will be no doubt as to who he is. He's deceptive. He will be deceptive and subtle like Satan is today, but his presence will be so overwhelming that the doubts about whether or not this is the Antichrist will not be there. That's my, that's my understanding. So I don't think this is anything to do with the Antichrist, no. Okay, that's great. Uh, another question for you. What do you want, what do you as the writer wants to want the reader of this book to really hold on to? I think I'll, I think I'll go back to um, the couple points I made earlier. In the book, I um, describe church goers into four groups. Relationals, church lifers, supplanters, and minimals. And relationals are those that um, maintain a balance, a relationship between them and the Lord and is not focused on church. Church lifers are deeply involved in church and church take over their relationship with the Lord. Then you have supplanters who 
their encounters at church or their experience at church is all their walk. That's their walk. They do nothing during the week to feed themselves spiritually, but solely what they get at church. And then the minimals, they're barely involved, barely attached, barely involved in church, barely involved in, in, in ministry. Um, what I want the readers to walk away with more than anything is that Father wants a one-on-one -on -one relationship with us. It should not, as I said earlier, it should not be ministry, not even ministry, a good thing like ministry, not even what he has called you to do in the kingdom of God should surpass the way we place him in our life. Not even that. So he wants relationship. He wants personal, intimate, one-on-one -on -one relationship. I want the readers to get that. So if the COVID-19 shutdown caused a believer to lose interest in church, to, 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 de to decline spiritually, to lose their fire, the question might be, what group did they fit in? Who were they relating to before COVID-19 coming? Was it church or was it God? That's, that's the essential question. So I want them to walk away with the fact that God wants a relationship with us. He wants it all. He doesn't want 99.9. He wants it. He wants a relationship with him, not things, not church, not ministry. That That's paramount. That's, that's the overarching theme in the book is to bring us back from our idols. And we have many idols in our lives. Sometimes we don't know they're there. They're good. Sometimes they're best, but they're not superior. He wants relationships. Okay, thank you very much for the audience, people that are joining us on Facebook and on Zoom. We are on the platform, Season of Change, transforming your life through the power and the word of God. I remain your host, Evangelist Jeremiah Joseph, and we are discussing the topic, the impact that COVID-19 shut down had on the body of Christ. So our guests that is discussing here with us, or we have here with us, her name is Dr. Rosemary from United States of America, Maryland precisely. But we still have some questions. We're going to be asking her. So tonight, we still have some few questions before we bring the discussions to a close. Now, I, will want, I want to add questions to the questions I've been asking. Uh, my doctor. Okay. So, can you say that again? To, I want to ask some questions more. Okay. Okay. Questions of hacks ahead of time. Now, we see the way that COVID 19 has graduated to another virus. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? Is this thing the fulfillment of the prophecy from the book of Revelation? Or what do you think is happening? Is really happening? Okay, I don't think this is the, the, full, the fulfillment of the book of Revelation. And I believe when you ask that question, you're talking about the seven year tribulation, correct? Yes. Okay, the tribulation has not started. Um, again, when the tribulation starts, we will have no doubt that we're in the tribulation. We will have no question that things have ramped up to that level. Nobody will be fooled. We won't be asking each other. Those of us who are here won't be asking each other if it's the tribulation because it will be, when, okay, 
The tribulation is also called the day of wrath, the wrath of the Lord. Yo. You can't misjudge wrath. When he begins to pour out his wrath on the earth, we will not misjudge that. So, you know, wrath, and you're wondering, is this wrath? Is this not wrath? Oh, no. And that's what's going on now. People are asking, is this a tribulation? No, 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 no. When he pours out his wrath, there'll be no doubt that is the time of wrath. So, no, this is not the tribulation. This is not, no, no. Okay, thank you very much about that. But I want to ask you some few questions and I want you to, I want to ask you more questions and I want you to give me some points to this question I'm about to ask you. I want okay. you to specify the impact, the main impact, some impact or some, just give us some numbers of impact that the shutdown has really have on the church that you know, you yourself, you know, that affects the body of Christ. Um, no, me, myself, no, based on experience or based on research? Yeah, or both. Yeah, your experience and your experience. Okay. Um, I'll talk, I'll talk about research first. Okay. So as I was, as I was writing the book, um, Church or God, I, I looked up the impact that, um, the shutdown is having on pastors and church members alike. So on pastors, especially small churches, it has taken a toll on their lifestyle when they couldn't go in the church to, to, to have services. It has taken a toll on their lifestyle. It has taken a toll on how they, how they carry out their ministry because if they were doing home-to-home -home visits, if they were doing hospital visits, if they were doing funerals, if they were doing weddings and they, they couldn't do those things in person, it takes a definite toll on them. Um, small churches, pastors are very involved with their members. So when they can't um, do those person-to-person -person weddings, or even when their members of their church die as a result of COVID-19 or any other reason, when they can't have those funeral ceremonies and services like they normally do, it's, it's very taxing. So there's emotional toll on pastors definitely especially when they see people that they've worked with for years and have served for years passing dying to due to covid it's taxing and then you can't even um work, go do bedside visits you can't do bedside ministry you can't go and pray for them like you normally do you can't be there for and with the families like you normally do so the emotional toll of covid 19 i've always said is greater than the physical toll yes many many people have died but the emotional toll will last forever. I'll give you a personal example. My mother died January, 2021. And I have nephews and grandnephews that were not able to view her. We didn't have a funeral for her. We had 10 people at what we call a service. My nephews and, and nieces and grandnephews and nieces will never forget the fact that they didn't get to see say bye to their grand grandmother. That's an emotional toll and emotional price that they pay that's gonna last with them forever. So. The emotional toll, again, also small churches, the financial implications of COVID-19. People don't go in the building. Some people that don't go in the building do not tithe and do not give their offering. So there is financial toll. When I did my research, I, I shockingly learned that 
a whopping 68% of the churches in America are small churches, and that is 65 people or less. I did not know that there were so many small churches in, 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 in the country. And several of them have shut down as a result of COVID-19. So the impact financially, emotionally on the pastors, emotionally on the members, emotionally on families, um, and then some people, they're not virtual people. Some people need to be in the building. Some people are more gregarious. Some people are more dynamic and like the, the live experience. My yeah. sister is like that. You want to be in the building. So for people who don't learn that way and cannot sit on Zoom for two, three hours in a service, it has affected them. So there are direct impact on the body of Christ. Um, but it, how, how can we adjust? How can just to make sure that we don't lose our footing spiritually? We must adjust, we must pivot, do what we need to do to make sure we don't lose our footing spiritually. Yeah, thank you very much. That you touch majorly part of the negative impact COVID-19 have or had had on the church. But I want you to give some positive impact that you think that this pandemic has really made the church to adjust to some positive impact. I'm so glad you asked that because a lot of times all we talk about is a negative impact. The first one I want to talk about is, and this may surprise some people that I went and that go to this one first, especially small churches. Pastors give so much to the ministry that they neglect their family. And in the hierarchy of God, it's him, family, then ministry. Yes. COVID-19 has forced a lot of pastors to spend time with their wife and with their children that was running around doing church ministry, church work, and neglecting their primary role. That's a huge benefit that has brought some families together. Um, another benefit is, and this is so pronounced, some people since COVID have been praying more studying more because there's so many options for zoom meetings you get so many invitations for zoom encounters these days yes. some people they're shut in they have little to do they're on these meetings so you have way more exposure to things than you had before other thing another another um benefit is um on we we now have youtube we have tbn we have daystar we have it all so we are shut in when we were shut in because a lot of us are not closely shut in now, but when we were shut in, we were able to, what, what is my, my sister called it a name? Um, you, you can almost go shopping um, virtually for what you wanna watch. You, can, you, you, have, you have options, you have a whole lot of options. When, so there are tons and tons of benefits. There are families that were go running 10 different directions a lot of different one has this schedule another has this schedule another has another schedule during the shutdown families were forced to spend time together so for some it wasn't pleasant for some it was more pleasant but there was some relationship building as a result of one more one more benefit this is in church and out of church we got to save some money we weren't buying clothes we weren't going for going out for entertainment we weren't eating out um, so there, if you look at everything has its good side, everything has its benefits, and there are tons of benefits to this. Thank you very much, very much. That is a great, that is a great one. And I believe this pandemic has helped so many churches 
to go on internet. Yes. Yeah. How did I forget that one? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. It has also helped churches to get into um, mission work in their community. There are churches that have been in communities that has not didn't do anything for their community. But during the shutdown, they were feeding the hungry. They were handing out masks. They were handing out PEP. They were in the community doing work. And that's because of COVID-19. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That is great. I want to say this before. I just have one or two questions. Then you now tell our audience and our listeners how they can get your book. Mm-hmm. and where they can connect with you on the social media handle mm-hmm. and or where they can listen to your podcast. I want to ask you these questions. We know that the world today, public evangelism is being restricted in some countries. What do you think that this pandemic has opened the eyes of the church to concerning evangelism? I, I really think that a leader or a pastor who is not seeing that things have changed for the, for, the, for the world and for the church is not looking. And, and the church really cannot go back to having church as usual. You know, th- those who are, who are pushing to go back in the building, I'm, I'm hoping that we understand that going back in the building, something should change. It, it can't be church as usual. Evangelism, we see here that there's a greater need for evangelism. And as you've mentioned, it's many, many eyes, many ministries, many ministries have co- come to realize that there are so many avenues and so many platforms through which I can share the gospel. So many, so some, there are churches who never use an online platform, never thought of Facebook Live, never thought of recording on Zoom and getting it out there. Now they're doing it. So the church, I believe, has increased, it has proliferated knowing that there's so many ways that we can get the gospel out. And I believe many pastors and churches are taking advantage of it. Thank you very much. And I want to ask you this last one. Let me make this the last one. Mm-hmm. So how long or what is your prediction or what do you think or how long do you think that this pandemic will last? Oh, dear. Going on? I have no idea, sir. I have no idea. I, I will not share my personal thoughts on this platform about this pandemic and where it came from and what it is. But I have no clue. I have no clue. And I think what we need to do most is to buckle down and make sure that our relationship with Christ, God our Father, is sealed. That's paramount. That if, God forbid, COVID take one of us out tonight, we know where we're going. Key is our relationship with him. And not to worry and to try to figure out and and pan out what's not in our charge, what's not in our um, domain but to make sure our relationship with him is in sync. That's paramount. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And I thank you for your time to be with us on this platform. I want you to just tell our audience and the listeners how they can get this, your books, by maybe order it online or the social media handle, they can connect with you. 
Okay. So I, I want to just, before I do that, I want to read real quick the description of the book. And I, I want to do, do this on purpose because there's some misconception about what the book is about and what it means. The book is not really talking about COVID-19. So the book challenges us to make God the head of our lives, to be in love with his heart and to love and pursue his presence, not his presence. To pursue his P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, -E -E, not his P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. -E the book discusses how COVID-19 has forced us to worship outside the physical building and how that has differentiated the boys from the men and the girls from the women in our walk with Christ. COVID-19 has revealed our hearts. Um, COVID-19 has revealed who our hearts truly long for. Is it God? Is it church life? Is it ministry activities or other? The book discusses how the blessings of today and good gifts from God often distract, distract us from God and dullen our appetite for him. This book details how we, God's beloved children, often unknowingly choose idols that pose a good thing over our God who is superior. And it makes an appeal to followers of Jesus Christ to put God first. The urgent call in the book is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. To even love him, the person Jesus Christ, more than good things such as ministry. So where can you get this great book? You can get it on Amazon, you can get it on Barnes and Noble book online store, or you can get it at my website at www.booksbyrosemarie.com. Again, that's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or my website, booksbyrosemarie.com. Um, Facebook is, I'm sorry. What is your social media handle? Uh, Facebook is Books by Rosemary. Um, Twitter is Books Rosemary. Instagram is Books by Rosemary. So mostly Books by Rosemary. Um, and if you want to email me, I am on, you can contact me through my website, uh, Books by Rosemary as well. So Books by Rosemary, if you put that in, you'll find me in Facebook and Instagram. Um, Twitter is Books Rosemary. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. You can also join or, re or replay this program on Anchor Podcast, Season of Change, iTunes, and Spotify, Google, and Apple, and the rest. Just search Season of Change, then you get a lot of our podcasts, interview the programs that we had before with our guests, then you find them there. I know that by, by the time you listen to this, it will do you men, it will do you of a good or it will transform your life because the word of God is powerful. Mm -hmm. We've received a lot of testimonies from we received recently a testimony from a young boy that was a drug addict mm -hmm. that listened to one of our programs and thank God for his life, he was restored. And we received a mail from a pastor from Malawi too. He read one of our pro, uh, one of our write-ups on season of change magazines, and he too sent a message to us that he was really blessed. Amen. I want to I want to use this opportunity opportunity to tell you that you can also send us an email on Joseph underscore three six three at live l i v e 
www.co.za then we can send you the upcoming the coming magazines for the first quarter and we can send you the link for the anchor podcast and our other links where you can get in touch with us you can also write us for counseling now we believe that god himself will we touch your life and you're going to be transformed no matter where you find yourself no matter the situation and i want to say thank you again to our guest i pray that god will strengthen you and keep you and i know that very soon by the grace of god we'll be bringing you again to talk on the, your first book the high calling the i call forgiveness or mm-hmm. i believe that the highest that is the high call of forgiveness i will be talking about that you come to talk more about it because i've seen that unforgiveness is destroying many lives in this our generation and even this time that we find ourselves and i believe that god as he has given you this wisdom to write this once these books you will write more thank Amen. you very much we really enjoy your presence and we enjoyed your we thank you for your time that you spend with us we thank pray you so that much god, we keep you and renew your strength i thank you all our audience from united states of america from jamaica from india pakistan all through africa nigeria even malawi where we receive a message south africa and the united kingdom and some part of the european countries we appreciate you all we pray that god bless you we'll meet again on the next meeting i'll be sending out the flyers on our facebook page evangelist jeremiah joseph and we pray that god we continue to strengthen you and keep you that this word that you are receiving we definitely has a great benefit in your life thank you appreciate you all let god bless you and god bless you my guest thank, thank you. you lord bless you as well if you have anything to say to our guest before we bring it to a close can you just say it now well thanks to all my folks i see many people that i know that have logged on thank you so much for coming in and um sharing this experience with me and thank you for your support it's the prayers of my friends and family that's that, that's keeping me going so i want to tell you thank you very 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 much the lord bless you thank you thank you we'll meet again on this platform and no very soon sent you our invitation for the Amen. next podcast by the month of march but in case of god we make a date with that thank you very much you are to bless thank bless you very much i really appreciate you god bless bye. you bless you bye bye